Hello, welcome back to Made Whole. I wanted to start today's episode off with an update of uh, like from the past week. Um, I feel like it was so crazy because I pre-recorded the episode that went up on Wednesday and in that episode I was talking about um, friendships and being the friend that you want others to be for you, being that kind of friend to them. And I think even in that, I gave the example of like, if a friend, I can't remember exactly the example, but basically if a friend needs help, um, like cleaning up their place or something like that, like stepping in and helping them out. And it was crazy because like that Tuesday night before the episode went up, I got a text from one of my friends and she was like, hey, I need help cleaning my apartment. And I don't know, it was just kind of crazy because I was like, wow, if that's not the Lord showing me to like giving me opportunities to apply like friendship tips that I've literally like spoken (laughs) beforehand. And I just thought that was a really cool experience. Um... And I feel like something, like, when you are a Christian and those kind of moments happen, it just kind of shows you, like, that God is working in them. So that was really special. Um, And part of kind of my update of the week is, since we did talk about friendships last week, I wanted to just update everyone um, on my social life because I definitely have gone through seasons in my life where I feel a lot more social than or more inclined to be social, maybe, than other seasons, but I think, like I mentioned last week, maybe I did, or maybe I didn't, but this just has not been a season of, it's been a season of life where, like, I do crave and desire friendships, but my effort to, um, like, go out and socialize and make new friends has been very low. Don't really quite know what that's about, but this past week, um, I felt like I got a lot of good social time um and felt a lot less isolated than I have in previous weeks and um yeah not that it was like a super high week of like this was the best week ever but it was just like a very good week I got to see my friend on Wednesday and then I was able to also see my family on Wednesday and Thursday I got to see my sister and hang out with her And, um, yeah, just be on a college campus. Um, It felt very much more, like, alive (laughs) than, obviously, where I've just been in an apartment most days, either by myself or with Ray or stuff like that. It was kind of nice to, like, see people out and about. I mean, I do see the people around here out and about, too, so it's not, like, just dead. But um, it's nice to see people semi my age (laughs) rather than, like, just little families. Um, and then on Saturday, I went to the mall with, um, my mom and then my sister surprised me there too. So that was a fun little day socializing. I think Friday night, Ray and I, we went on a date. Um, we had a little picnic on the bluffs. It wasn't exactly like where we wanted to go, but it was still really cute. And super fun and then we had plans on Saturday to go to the Getty but 
I just was not feeling up to that. Um, so, yeah, then on um, Sunday, we also socialized some more. We went to church and, well, I guess I'll just give the full story. Um, because I think it's important for, like, me to be honest and, like, others maybe in the similar situations to hear. But, um, Mon- or no, Sunday morning, um, we headed to church and I was feeling fine, honestly. Um, and then, like, a little ways into church, I was like, okay, I'm definitely feeling, like, those symptoms that I get when I start to have like, a fainting episode, like, I'm very aware of how my body feels, and there's certain times where, like, the episodes are pretty unpredictable, but the symptoms that happen beforehand, um, I feel like I can normally catch, so I was able to get my, like, salt water and some snacks that I had, and I just, like, told Ray, like, I'm just gonna, like, go do my thing, so I just sat in the back of church I laid down on a bench for a little, and then I was able to just, like, sit in a chair and, like, regain my strength and composure a little bit, but definitely, like, the shaky, sweaty, like, just all the, all the great feelings, just the, like, really lightheaded dizziness was there, but I was proud of myself for, like, noticing it and being able to, like, take care of it, and I did feel like the message felt very applicable to me um and I loved it so I was glad that I didn't miss the message despite like how I was feeling I felt like I was able to pay attention pretty well um which doesn't always happen like sometimes when I feel like an episode's coming I very much like just zone out (laughs) but I just think the, the Lord needed me to hear it and I felt very encouraged by it um but after church our friends were there and you know people want to socialize and talk and I was like okay I just need like to lay down in the car for a few minutes and, like, get myself together, and I know I'd feel better, so I felt like I was a little cranky, um, but we ate some snacks in the car, and I felt better, and then Ray and I went to a pickleball game with the young adults, and so that was, I mean, I'd met most of the young adults, I felt like, before, um, or at least knew of them, so that was really nice, but it was nice to kind of get to know people in um, just a smaller setting and Ray was thriving and playing his heart out on the court. I did more talking than actually playing but I did play a little bit and it was really fun. I really loved like everyone that was there just felt like very natural and like granted I've known a few of them that were there so I felt like that helped. It wasn't completely like new people so really enjoyed that and definitely looking forward to more young adult nights and Bible studies and all those things. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my social, social life update. Now that I say it out loud, I realize a lot of it is mainly my family, but that's okay. Um, it's still really good to see them and hang out with them. So yeah. And I think too, my point in sharing the the episode that happened is it was kind of encouraging for me to see that like even when an episode does happen that doesn't mean my whole day is ruined and granted sometimes they are more intense than other times and like this time I was able to bounce back and feel fine and 
there's other times when I need to listen to my body and like go home and rest but I don't know I was just really glad that I was able to still experience life I think that's something that I feel held back from a little bit sometimes with my body and not knowing exactly what the heck is going on um so yeah I think that's just kind of like a goal I've been reflecting on recently kind of over the last few weeks like kind of slowly of like okay I have a goal where I still want to live life even if the way I live life may look different than how other people do I still want to like live it fully um but also take care of myself at the same time so that's my little update for this week a very um good week and I wanted to talk this week about um, my EMDR experience. So before we get into my EMDR experience, I'm going to kind of go over what EMDR is in case you don't know or it's confusing if I'm being completely honest. I often get confused with it and I'll go into that, but Um, I'm not a professional in this area. I'm not, um, like, EMDR certified or anything. I have just participated as someone who has received EMDR. Um, and so I'm just going to kind of talk about my experience with it thus far, because I really don't think my experience with it is over. And then also, um, I'm going to take some, read a little bit off of the Cleveland clinic website um that kind of outlines what EMDR is a little bit and kind of go read through some of that just so my story and what I talk about makes a little bit more sense um I feel like most people don't really know about EMDR which is totally okay so hopefully this isn't like a repeat of information that most people know but EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing Therapy, and um, it basically helps uh, memories, or it treats uh, memories from traumatic events in your past, and um, some practitioners do use it to help with um, potential future events, so if you have... um, panic disorder and a lot of panic related to a future event that's happening you can also do EMDR for those future events at least that's what I've done with my own therapist so um yeah I'll kind of read through some of this um so let me see so EMDR involves moving your eyes in a specific way while you process traumatic memories so um yes you can either some people don't really do the eye movement thing so how it works is you can either do the the eye movement part or be stimulated with uh, like a little buzzer sensor thing so if you do the eye movement there's a light bar and the light zooms from one side to the other and your eyes follow that as you are doing EMDR therapy with your therapist or what I've done um is it's still EMDR but it's basically these little um 
buzzers that you hold in each hand and it buzzes on your left and then your right and left and right. So basically the eye movement and the buzzing, it just stimulates, um, it's just bilateral stimulation. So it's stimulating your right and your left brain is kind of like all that it's doing is how it's been explained to me. So it, I don't think it really matters whether it's your eyes or any form of bilateral stimulation, but, um, yeah. So like I said, um, the goal is to help heal from trauma or distressing life experiences. And it's actually relatively new. It says that the first clinical trial started in 1989, which is crazy. And I do know that the guy that, or I think it might've been a woman. I don't remember. Whoever ended up founding EMDR, or discovering it, they did it on accident, um, but that's, like, a whole nother story, but it wasn't part of the plan to figure out how EMDR worked, so, um, it says here, um, that EMDR doesn't require talking in detail about a distressing issue, which I do love, um, the only thing I would say is, since I am someone who has had experience doing a lot of talk therapy and um I feel very comfortable talking with my therapist um that part is kind of hard for me because you don't have to really go into detail and I'm really fine and comfortable with going into detail so I do find that when I've done EMDR with my therapist sometimes I'm like I feel like I'm going way into detail and like it doesn't really matter um but she's never said anything about it so um, EMDR focuses on changing the emotions, thoughts, or behaviors that result from a distressing experience, aka trauma. And then it says, this allows your brain to resume a natural healing process. And this is interesting. And it says people use the words mind and brain, kind of like referring to the same thing, but they're actually different. And the brain is the organ that is in your body versus your mind is just the collection of the thoughts, memories, beliefs, and experiences that you have. So the way that our minds work relies on the structure of our brain. So that structure involves networks of communicating brain cells in different areas. And that's especially the case with sections that involve memories and senses. So that networking makes it faster and easier for those areas to work together. So that's why all of our five senses can bring back those strong memories. So um, it says here that EMDR relies on the adaptive information processing model, which basically is a theory that talks about how our brains store memories. Um, and then, oh yeah, I think it was developed by a woman is what it's saying here. Uh, and then our brain stores our normal memories and our traumatic memories very differently, which is fascinating to me. So during a normal event, your brain stores memories smoothly. It networks them so they can connect to other things you remember. During disturbing or upsetting events, that networking does not happen correctly. Your brain can go offline and there's a disconnect between what you experience, aka feel, hear, see, and then what your brain stores in your memory language. Often your brain stores trauma memories in a way that doesn't allow for healthy healing. Trauma is like a wound that your brain hasn't been allowed to heal. Because it doesn't have a chance to heal, your brain didn't receive the message that the danger is over. That is crazy to me. I feel like that last sentence is just so true. 
Um, whether you've been through big T trauma, little T trauma, you're, because you have that trauma, your brain didn't receive the message that the danger's over, and that's why you may live in a constant state of, uh, like, specifically for me, when I'm dealing with, like, panic attacks and panic disorder, it's like, okay, working on healing the fact that the, the danger's over, the danger that I've experienced, whether that be with an episode or something else, but my brain hasn't registered that that's over, and it, it senses, like, the sensations in my body that may happen, or a smell, or a sound, and it's like, oh, or even a place sometimes, too, like, remember last time you had an episode here, and it triggers me back into that state of, like, freeze, and my brain is thinking that the danger is still happening, even if it's a completely new and safe experience in the same place, or with the same smells, or whatever it is. So, um, it even says here that new experiences can link, link up to earlier, earlier trauma experiences and reinforce a negative experience over and over again, which is so true. I personally have had to, with different places like school or church and, um, certain people's houses or for a while, in high school, definitely, like, the car or things like that, like, felt like a very, it, I had a, either a traumatic memory associated there, and so even though I was doing something new, I still, like, it was a new day and a new experience, and the, the danger, quote, was over, like, my brain is still experiencing it the same way, so, um, it says here that disrupts, um, da, da. so, okay, so when you experience, reinforce this negative experience over and over, it disrupts the links between your senses and your memories, and it acts as an injury to your mind. Just like your body is sensitive to pain from an injury, your mind has a higher sensitivity to things that you saw, heard, smelled, or felt during a trauma-related event. This happens not only with events you can remember, but also with suppressed memories. So um, when you learn not to touch a hot stove and it burns your hand, your mind tries to suppress memories to avoid accessing them because they're painful or upsetting. Um, However, the suppression isn't perfect, meaning the injury can still cause negative symptoms, emotions, and behaviors. And with that, sometimes people don't even notice that they have a suppressed memory and they don't know why they're reacting a certain way. And our brains are so powerful, or I guess I should say our minds are so powerful to um, basically rewrite our story and create new memories that maybe didn't even happen or um, intensify memories that did happen or desensitize memories that happened. Um, so it says um, here talking about triggers um so triggers basically anything that um creates a connection or similarity to a trauma event I feel like most people kind of understand triggers and everyone has different triggers too um and so then basically when you undergo EMDR you access memories of trauma events in very specific ways and your therapist guides you through that so Um, you combine the eye movements and the guided instructions from your therapist, and then you access those memories, and then you're able to reprocess it, um, 
like reprocess what you remember from the traumatic event or negative experience and the reprocessing part helps to repair the quote like mental injury from that memory uh, so that you're able to remember what happened to you and it no longer feels like you're actually reliving, reliving it so basically from what I understand is the bilateral stimulation kind of creates like I guess like a new neural pathway for your brain to register to your body that you are in a safe place and when you remember this this repressed trauma or experience you can basically like experience that for the first time with that new neural pathway in a safe um, place where you within your body, like your body feels safe and it's no longer like going into flight or fight mode, remembering that or smelling that or whatever it is. And then you're able to, hopefully the goal is to like recall that memory or bring up that trauma or whatever it is whenever it does happen. Like if you're out in public and you see someone that is wearing the same bandana that your abuser used to wear and the goal is like, okay, because I've reprocessed and my neural pathways are different, I'm not triggered to crawl on the floor when I see someone that looks like my abuser, or whatever the case is. It doesn't have to be that dark, but that's kind of like the example that I've heard. So, um, yeah, it mentions here what... um. EMDR is used for so obviously most used for post-traumatic stress disorder but it is also used for anxiety disorders um, such as panic disorder um, depressive disorders which I actually haven't really heard that much about but dissociative disorders eating disorders OCD and then personality disorders, and then any trauma-related disorders like acute stress or adjustment disorder. Um, So that's kind of a little background on EMDR. I will say that um, it is still very confusing even to me as someone who's experienced it, and I don't quite wrap my head around all the time how it works, but all I know is that it really does work but it's not like instant relief um I so like my story with EMDR is when I was um in high school and I was meeting pretty regularly with my therapist at the time after her and I had done about a year or so of like normal talk therapy uh she thought I remember her bringing it up, and I think she had to ask my mom for permission at the time, but bringing up, maybe I should try EMDR therapy, and I didn't really know what that was, um, and I was just kind of like, I mean, like most of us are at that point wanting relief in any way, and she thought maybe this might help, and so um, we agreed to do it, and I have very, very vague memories of that experience. And I don't even know what exactly the memory was that we tried to reprocess, which maybe that's a good thing, maybe that's a bad thing. But all I know is I don't know what it was, and it's not something that comes to haunt me. So I don't know. And we only ever did one session when I was 16 
or maybe 17 at the time, but, um, I remember her, like, giving me, I think she had the buzzers or some sort of, I can't even remember what the device was, but all I know, bilateral stimulation was there, um, and we did EMDR, and so then fast forward to... 2023 this year um when I just was not doing so well and it was recommended to me by um multiple people actually basically that I should try EMDR and um give it more than one go and I think that's my biggest advice to someone who wants to try EMDR is like do it more than just once or twice like because even with me like reprocessing a certain memory might have taken a lot longer than just that one hour session and so yeah my first time going in to do EMDR um I did it with an EMDR therapist um so I it was someone new for me and I was pretty nervous I also was just not in a good state mentally as it was so I was just very nervous in general um I didn't know what would come up or really how the process would go for me personally um but the first two or three sessions I think or yeah I'm pretty sure the first couple sessions because she was new to me and I was new to her she did a lot we didn't do any EMDR related therapy we talked about basically where I was at in life, how I got there, my whole story, which I think relieved a lot of fear for me because I don't want to just jump into it. And also just that comfortability was important. So we did that. And then I think it was by our fourth session, she was like, okay, we've talked about what exactly memories I do have that I wanted to talk about um, that were pretty either triggering for me or reoccurring experiences that I had that I felt were triggering, especially related to episodes with the vasovagal syncope, because after a while, when you pass out so many times and you have so many, especially I felt more in high school, like a, it felt more like a medical emergency that kept happening in these public spaces with all these friends and all these things, and it was just like very embarrassing, especially at the time and all the things. So we kind of got down to experiences that we wanted to, or the memories that we wanted to go into more. And there were certain things where, too, I didn't have full memories of them. Um, And we talked about how those might be things that I've suppressed, but I did have, like, little hints of them. And it was crazy because as we were doing the EMDR and I was just sitting there with the buzzers, like, in my hand, thinking about, Um, she would give me like guided prompts to kind of tell me kind of where to go with the memory or the thought what to think about or give me a question that made me think and as we were doing it there are a lot of different things where I started to remember more of what happened and it made sense of why I I wasn't remembering it um, because it was kind of painful and so yeah I did I want to say like 10 or so sessions um before I had to move so it EMDR um 
they don't I mean some people do it virtually but it really is like more of an in-person thing and so yeah I would highly recommend doing it in person because it's a very different experience and also if you let's say you have really um I don't know there's always just a level of unpredictability because let's say you aren't doing it in person and you're doing it virtually and you're by yourself if something gets triggered like if you are suicidal it might kind of trigger something within you and you won't be in a safe place with a person to help ground you or get you resources or calm you down or if it's like an abuse thing it's always like better and safer to do it in person so that's why people recommend that but even for me because I was experiencing a lot of the symptoms of vasovagal syncope at the time and um, had had a few passing out episodes are kind of like fear I guess was um, like me passing out while I'm remembering these like triggering or traumatic things that were traumatic to me even if to someone else they wouldn't seem traumatic to me they were enough to make me go back into that state of passing out um and feeling like my body has no control because I really as much as I try and control it like most of the time I really can't and it's very very humbling thing um so that was kind of like our goal was not to get me to a point where I was remembering these things and felt like I was going to pass out but to keep me in a stable place and like the first few sessions it definitely felt like and I like I would talk to her about that like hey I feel like I feel like an episode coming on remembering these things and talking about it um and so yeah she was able to just go at that pace and there were definitely times where we didn't necessarily like by the time our hour was up we weren't really like finished um with what I was working on reprocessing but we were always able the next week to kind of pick it up um I will say it is so so exhausting like, I, there's some sessions where I cried, um, remembering certain things that were said or done, and then there were some sessions where I came out and I just felt like a weight off my shoulder, it just really depended, um, but every time I just felt so drained emotionally, and, um, yeah, so I'd always kind of have it be, like, my sessions would be, like, in the afternoon, it's, like, I go to work and then go to my session and like kind of have that be the last thing of the day because I knew if I did it in the morning unless I had nothing else that day like it would just kind of set a tone for my day and not in a bad way just more like lower energy I think for me so that's what I did and then I had to end my time with that therapist specifically um due to moving and not wanting to do it virtually but she did recommend that I continue doing EMDR, and I do at some point want to. Um, it just, you know, it's hard to start over with a new therapist. I also don't know how much longer I'll be living in this place, so I'd hate to start up and then move in a two to three months and start over with someone new. So for now, I'm just taking a little bit of a break with that. Um... And I do know that there are some more memories to work through. Um, She also helped me a lot preparing for the wedding. 
with we did like feature related events and mine were more related to like vasovagal episodes potentially happening and not necessarily related to like potential trauma that would be happening um so that was so helpful like even just as a person like she was very good because she has a very similar life experience as me she was very helpful um and she's been married (laughs) she was very helpful at kind of like putting a lot of the stress that I was feeling at the time and fears like kind of just like reassuring me that that they won't happen or most likely not and um yeah it was just a really good experience um I know that some people's EMDR experiences are pretty intense and heavy um or more intense and heavy than I felt like mine was so definitely like take it at your own pace and what you need to do if you're thinking about it but um I felt very like safe as time went on of like okay this is something that like I can handle and I was very very nervous for my first session and I didn't know how it would go so nervous that my mom like drove up to drive me to my session in case I did pass out or something went wrong like she'd be able to drive me back to my house safely which is very sweet of her and I really needed that support at the time because I was not doing so well um with just my body and symptoms and all the things so I really appreciated that so um if you are going into EMDR therapy there's obviously a reason for it um and yeah get the help and support that you need from even outside people besides a therapist to either take you to appointments or help you or even talk with you after your appointment or sit and make dinner with you after or whatever you need because it is such a like roller coaster of an experience honestly just therapy in general can be like that too for some people I think personally for me where I'm at in that journey therapy doesn't feel as exhausting um talk therapy as it either once did or I know it does for other people because I've been in it for a few years so I've been able to work on some things but um yeah, I, I'm i trying to think if there's anything else about EMDR that I wanted to talk about, but I know it's very, very confusing how it works. I think, so it's, I'm just, like, a very logical and emotional person, but, like, I like the logic behind how things work and understanding, and the research is there, but sometimes it just doesn't make sense and I think that's why a lot of people have hesitancies about EMDR because they think it's like hypnotherapy which is completely different um I would never recommend hypnotherapy um it's a whole nother sector but I I think EMDR is really helpful because in my experience it helps to basically convince the brain that you are safe even if you experience something again in the future that was once an unsafe situation for you, um, or even two, that if a potential situation does happen, that you will still be safe despite it. Um, and that's something that I struggle with a lot is feeling safe in my body. 
Um, and I'm sure I'll get into this in like future episodes when I do talk about the vasovagal um, stuff that I've been learning, but there's definitely a lot of lack of trust with my body um, and a lot of envy of other people's. And that sounds so weird, but it's not even envy of how they look. I feel like I don't really ever struggle with envying how other people's body look, but more of how their body functions and wishing mine could function that way. So I think EMDR has helped me feel like I've gotten a little bit more control of my body back, but also like as a believer, that's hard because it's like, okay, this is something I'm still, my lack of trust in my body, like that's still something I need to daily surrender to the Lord because he's the one that can ultimately heal that. But I also do believe he's given us resources and like research such as EMDR to help us in those ways. So I think it doesn't have to be like all or nothing necessarily. Like obviously fully trust in the Lord and that's like something that's probably going to be a lifelong battle of like trusting that the Lord's got my body and my symptoms and all the things under control. Um, But also like using the resources that he's given us at this time and place we are here on earth and not, um, I don't know, I think sometimes we can have such a, an arrogance towards things that the Lord is like, no, I've brought these, these tools and resources to you for a reason, or I want you to use them. And we are, as humans can be stubborn and not see the Lord in it and just be like, oh, that's just mankind or human innovation and technology we don't need that because we have the Lord and it's like okay but what if the Lord is giving this tool to you and it's something you've prayed for I think that's kind of my understanding that I've come to with certain things but also too like every Christian individual like that is seeking the Lord like the Lord gives them discernment and wisdom on what to move forward to forward with so if it doesn't feel right for you and the Lord's not urging you in a certain direction and maybe he's like this isn't the tool I want you to utilize like that's okay too um but that's just where I'm at I feel like I've had a lot of um struggles over the last few years of kind of figuring out um how my personal mental health and what I experience within my mind how God views it and how he wants me to utilize certain things so definitely have a lot of thoughts on that too but I know I wanted to just focus more on the EMDR in this episode and yeah I hope that it just brought maybe some clarity um because it can be very confusing and maybe you're inspired to try it or maybe you're like yeah no this is not (laughs) something I want to do at all um which is okay too but I just hope that this story is helpful and encouraging and yeah I feel like a little bit more serious or like heavy than talking about friends and all the things but I will say that the fun Halloween episode is coming out I want to say I planned it for the week before Halloween I don't know why I thought I had it for like literally the first week of October but um yeah, I'll be coming out with that soon. So hopefully you'll get to hear something more lighthearted and fun. I feel like this podcast is just, I'd say a little chaotic because <laughs> there's no one real like 
steam with it and I feel like I personally have podcasts that I listen to where they either like they have this very like fun brand and it's really light-hearted the whole time and like cutesy and then I have my more like serious ones that talk about like deep mental health things and then I have my more like spiritual that really dive into theology or whatever it is I feel like I'm a little all over the place here where it's like you never know if you're gonna get something really like deep or just like pure stupid so if you're confused I'm confused and we can just be confused together um this is honestly this episode went way longer than I thought it would I really didn't know how much I would have to say about EMDR because I feel like I haven't had too much experience I mean I've had a good amount of experience but I think because my like work with EMDR I know isn't finished I didn't know how much I'd have to say but that's all I've got I feel like I didn't go too deep into details on what I talked about or process because I think that is pretty private to me so hopefully you can understand and respect that um I don't want like all of my deep (laughs) wounds just out on the internet but I mean I'm also happy to share certain wounds (laughs) so um yeah that's my episode on EMDR maybe in the future in my life when I've done more sessions I could give more of a full recap but I might be like 80 by then, so just look out for that, I guess. Um, I am going to end today's episode here. I got some comments, um, some in-life real person comments that uh, people don't really know where to comment or leave a review or rating. So if you did listen to this, you can just blow me a kiss in the air because I don't really know where to go either with rating and reviews and comments um and since I don't have social media there's really no way you can connect to me unless you actually know me in person which like feels very ominous but you know that's where I'm at in life also that's actually something I do want to do an update on soon maybe at the end of the year um is like going off of social media and just I feel like more thoughts develop all the time um and the addiction do be real so that's okay now I'm officially gonna end it because I could just keep rambling I have that habit where my brain doesn't stop therefore my my lips don't stop um but yeah send me a kiss in the air as my rating and review and I will see you next week for some other topic. I don't remember at the moment, but we'll talk about it next week. Bye.